So welcome in, everybody. This is the Falcons podcast on a victory Monday morning in Atlanta. I am Scott Kennedy. I will be your host solo today as we talk the Atlanta Falcons. We talk the Green Bay Packers and we get into all of the good things and the bad things and some of the in-between that were the Falcons win over the Green Bay Packers yesterday. Uh, it is Monday morning. The Falcons are now 2-0. and And frankly, um, if they needed, if they were going to be a 10-win team, an 11-win team this year, they needed to come out of this game 2-0, out of these two games 2-0. Um, the first one was a little bit more comfortable, the win over the Carolina Panthers. Uh, then the Packers came in, and I think Jordan Love is probably better than most people were expecting. I'm not going to say Packers fans, if you happen to watch this, because Packers fans probably knew what they had. But what does he have? Six touchdown passes in his first two games, and that hasn't happened for the Packers in a long time. And if... The Packers' history is any indication, well, hell, Jordan Love's going to have this job for the next 15 years. I think they've only had three quarterbacks in their history. Um, pretty insane. Uh, Green Bay Packers and quarterbacks, it's like Chicago Bears and middle linebackers. So, um, very exciting game over the weekend. I want to say hello to some folks while the chat is opening up and, and finding people on Facebook and YouTube with its algos and alerts while it's coming in. Just a reminder, we go live every Monday and Wednesday at 9. And we also do an NFL show on Fridays at 9 as, as well. So on this channel, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 9 o'clock. Uh, hit that subscribe button so you know you get the alerts, you know you don't miss us. And I want to thank everybody that was listening after the fact uh, and everybody that was here because last Monday was our most viewed, downloaded, listened to episode that we've had in a long, long time, other than maybe my Senior Bowl recap. Uh, that's about it. But it was, uh, we're growing, we're growing here and it's because of people like you. So thank you so much. Uh, John Harrell says, good morning, Scott and Nick on the Falcons family on a winning Monday. Yeah, it will be just me today. Nick is out uh, finishing up a hike. He sent me a picture today that was absolutely amazing. So he's probably posting on his, on his Twix page, uh, Nick Kendall at MHH. Raymond Collins, good morning, 2-0 and and haven't played our best yet. I think that's, uh, Probably the case. The other part of that is, though, is neither have the other teams that you're facing. Um, so there's a lot of room for improvement. And I think the Falcons and, and the players and the coaches would be the first ones to say that. Um, the Packers have played well, but, you know, I think they can play better. And I know the Carolina Panthers are going to get better. At the beginning of the season, we went through the lineup and I pegged in the Carolina Panthers for a win in game one. They don't play again. They don't play quickly again like they have in the past. Game two is so is farther down the line. How 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 much farther down the line exactly do they play the Panthers? But I'm like, that's going to be a different team when you play the Panthers in Carolina on December 17th. Uh, that's going to be that's going to be a different team that you're facing there. Um, good morning, Raymond. Michael Ranquillo coming in from Tucson says, "Good morning, Scott and Nick on the Falcons podcast. Good morning to you as well." Harry Marshall Wood checking in. Listen at work, but won't be chatting. Uh, go Falcons! Kick the Lions this week. Um, and, uh, and then he comes in and chats a little more, says the resolve we showed and the comeback was great. That's, I noticed towards the end of the second half, <clears throat> end of the first half, end of the second quarter, y'all have heard me say it every week, uh, and apologies. I've been doing some solo podcasts. So I'm going to have to hit the, hit the coffee. And I got a cough drop here too. In case my voice starts going out a little bit. Um, I, I, I kind of joke about this, but it's true every single week. You see it when Arthur Smith hits the effort button. I'm just going to run it down their damn throats. And that that happened at the end of the second quarter, and then it happened again in the third quarter. 
They're like, we're just going to dictate this. We're, we're just going to run it at him. He wants to be balanced. He wants to throw the ball. He wants to set up play action. But if it's not working, he's not stupid. And you can call it conservative play calling. It works. As long as they're keeping the game close, which they've done a very good job of doing with limited resources the previous two years, this was a good Packers team. Don't get me wrong. So this was a this was a good win. I call it the best win of the Arthur Smith era. A low bar, but it, it was. They can run when they have to run. If they need to, they can just run the ball. What a weapon. What a weapon to have to say, well, listen, we know we can get five, six yards of carry when we need it. Man, that makes you a dangerous team. One of the keys we said to this season was, can this be a top 10 offense? Last year, it was number 15, and that was at 21 points. A field goal would put them at number 10. That's 24 points for those of you that are math challenged like me. I'm actually not math challenged. I'm just joking. Uh, 24 points in game one, 25 points in game two, 24 and a half for two games. There's your field goal. Atlanta Falcons out of Germany says, good morning to Atlanta from Germany. Well, welcome in from way across the pond over in Europe. Thank you for being here this morning. That's one of the good things about these morning shows. It really uh, it really helps people from all around the world uh, check in. And it's, it's great. It's a little harder for them to do that in prime time. And Brandon Swank says, that's a game we weren't expecting to win, but I'm glad we got the win. I don't know. Be in the middle of the season, the middle of the week last week, I was kind of leaning towards the Packers. I'm a cynic, though. I'm flat out tell you, lifelong Atlanta sports fan will do that to you. I'm a cynic. Christian Watson out, Aaron Jones out. I was like, all right, Falcons got this. I think I think they can win this one. And for me, the difference was uh, being at home. Uh, it makes a huge difference in in the NFL when the margins are that fine. The home game is the difference, and and frankly. Arthur Smith said as much. He led off his uh, his press conference by praising the Atlanta Falcons fans. Here thing I want to say, I, I, you know, it's, it means a lot for us to win at home. And uh, I thought our crowd has been unbelievable the last two games. And it, it, it really made a difference. Uh, our guys fed off that energy. And so, like I said, it, it's a shared experience when you when you get into it like that. And, and you could feel them, especially that last drive. Well, I mean, we thought we So hats off to you. Falcons country, um, because you showed up. It was loud in there. Uh, It was loud at the Dome. And this should be a huge home field advantage in in Mercedes-Benz. And it hasn't been because that's not your fault. That's because the team has been bad. But it can be and should be. And it absolutely could be the difference in a one-point game. Um, Joe Cannon comes in. He says, great morning, Scott. How about that win yesterday? Bijan is really him. Bijan is, is legit. Tyler Algier is legit. Um, Drake London and Kyle Pitts are both really, really good. So who, you know, pick your poison in these. And then Mac Hollins will chip in. Um, John o. Smith will chip in. We'll hear, we'll hear some every once in a while. And I can't wait for Cordero Patterson. It's not like he's close. I was expecting him to play this week. Next week when Cordero Patterson comes in, there's one more guy. Um, when they decide to go fast with the package moving Bijan, uh, Bijan and, um, Kyle Pitts and Drake London around as wide receivers, they can go fast and let the other team not substitute. That's another big weapon. And then they can just run it. You get Tyler Algier and Bajan Robinson, pick your poison. They can run it down your throats with a big set and have those weapons outside. So they can be multiple within the same personnel grouping. That's, that's a dangerous, dangerous offense. 
Uh, speaking of Mac, uh, Mac Collins yesterday, I asked for clarification on that touchdown that was ruled um, out of bounds because it seems so illogical. I, I, in fact, the words I ended up using was pedantic when they start legislating the heels, whether you're facing forwards or backwards, that is a very good definition of pedantic overthinking it, uh, trying to be too cute with the rules. Um, but by rule, if his heel touches down on that play before any other part of his body, he's out of bounds. Now it's pretty ridiculous that if his, he, if he had stood up on his toes and done a standing backflip and landed flat out with his entire body out of bounds without his heel actually touching first, then that would be inbounds. That's ridiculous. If he had stepped backwards and gone out of bounds without his heel touching, he would have been, uh, it would have been ruled a catch, even though the first thing that touches besides his toes is out of bounds. That's ridiculous. But by the letter of the rule, it was the right call if you assume that, hey, his heel did touch. That was awfully close. That was awfully close too, that his heel touched. By letter of the rule, that was the right call. It's just a crap rule. It, it makes zero sense that, it, oh, he's facing this direction instead of that direction, and his heel touched out of bounds first instead of the rest of his body, so it's ruled out of bounds. That's insanity. That That's that's ridiculous. And, and if, if you've watched me enough on all of these shows, I don't care who it goes against. I don't care when someone is getting screwed by either a ridiculous rule or a bad call. It pisses me off. And the, the, the officials called that correctly. It's just a stupid rule. Almost as stupid as if you go back and watch the Calvin Johnson, you know, to the ground one where he catches the ball, puts the ball on the ground and props himself up with it and then lets go of the ball and they call it incomplete saying he didn't complete the catch. That's worse. This one's pretty damn close. Um, D'Angelo coming in. Appreciate you coming in, D'Angelo. He says, good morning, fellas, over on Facebook. Pamela Johnson. Good morning, Pamela Johnson. Great to see you. Good morning, Scott. Good morning to you as well. Congratulations to the Falcons from D'Angelo. Engine Engine number nine, Dirty Bird Dixon coming in. That's a newer name for us, so it's good to see you. He says, good morning. Let's go, Falcons. And he's all red and black this morning. And uh, Atlanta Falcons Germany says, when does Scott start with the Smith stash? Never, never. Unfortunately, genetically speaking, that's not going to happen. I cannot grow a mustache. The best I can do is like a half a Fu Manchu that looks like I, I dipped my chin, my wet chin into like five different colors. There's red, there's black, there's gray, there's blonde, there's white. It looks pretty ridiculous. So no, we're not going to be doing any, uh, any facial hair. In this lifetime, if it hasn't happened by 50, it ain't happening, man. So, <laughs> But I did start about thinking, and if y'all want to do this, someone wants to beat me to it, someone needs to start a parody Twix account and call it Arthur Smith's stash. It just, that's the one. You can, you can thank me later when you've got 100,000 followers. His mustache needs its own social media account. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Michael Corietti says, good morning, Scotty. Feels good to be 2-0. I can't remember last time we were. We're far from perfect, but we'll take it for now. It's been a while. Um, it's been a long time. The, the 2017 season was a hangover season that saw some of the same mistakes, but that was the last time the Falcons were decent. And then they came out 2018. They should have fired Sarkeesian after 2017. They didn't. And that team basically had quit. Arthur blank didn't fire um, Dan Quinn um, and probably should have for keeping Sarkeesian and watch his team go. And it cost him another year. Didn't fire Thomas Dimitrov and should have three years too soon. So instead of bouncing back two or three years later, the 2016-2017 hangover lasted 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, lasted five years. So now this team is back to a full rebuild. They came out. They've got draft picks under this. They had money to spend, and you see it in the defense. Um, you know, they called it the fourth oldest defense in the NFL. I saw that. That's not surprising. They bought veterans, and a lot of them are on one-year deals. So there will be a lot more money to spend in the offseason again. Lana Stomp morning, even though I haven't had my coffee yet, I'm in a great mood after the dub. Good for you, man. Good for you. Uh, Rusty Moore says, good W. Uh, Rear gave me a heart attack with some of the first quarter throws, but oh well, 2-0 and feels so good. Us Falcons fan ain't used to this feeling. The comeback wins, they're nice. Yeah, that doesn't happen too often. And speaking of a couple of things I want to get into as far as, you know, pl who played well. There's some obvious players, Bajan. Tyler Robinson, I thought the offensive line did well. Caleb McGarry had a very nice bounce back game. I thought he was pretty good in pass protection for the most part. The pressure coming wasn't coming off the end, and then he was really good in blocking. Um, but Desmond Ritter, in the first half, he wasn't good. He probably could have had two really, really bad interceptions, but they didn't. Hey, sometimes you need a little luck. Uh, hey, if they had caught this, well, yeah, if, if, if he didn't call him out of bounds on that touchdown pass. Uh, there that goes back and forth constantly 24 to 12 in the fourth quarter and to come back and win that game says a lot about Desmond Ritter. I didn't realize the man had never lost a home game in college either. Desmond Ritter is undefeated at home. No, there's no more to that. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Period. Full stop. He is undefeated at home as a quarterback in college in the NFL. Arthur Smith says the man just wins and the players love him. Yeah, I can see why. Um, he he played well. He finished that game really well. He made some throws that make me wonder, what are y'all watching when you say this guy cannot play in the NFL? He's got the arm talent. He's got the legs to put some, to do some things that the Falcons haven't been able to do with run pass options. He's he's He can be dangerous. He can be a really dangerous piece of this offense. Uh, let me see. Clayton says, good morning, Scott. Been a long, long time. Smash the like button and share. Man, you guys look good. Pretty good versus the pack. Clayton's coming in, checking in. He's a Broncos fan. We'll be over at Broncos for breakfast in about 20 minutes. Um, that mood will be a little different over there. They're they're trying to do games like the Falcons of old. 21-3 uh, and end up losing that game. Um, Harry said he wasn't going to chat, but he is. Can't help himself. No team is going to stop our running game this year. And if they do, they're going to get beat by the passing game. You can sell out to try and stop the running game, but you're going to get beat by big plays downfield. It's it's just going to happen. Uh, 
think of how the Falcons finish that Panthers game. If you want to try and sell out, all right, well, we'll send Drake London. We'll send Kyle Pitts long. Uh, we'll match you up one-on-one with a big-bodied receiver like Mac Hollins. Wait until Cordero Patterson comes back. We'll hit a slip screen with Cordero Patterson. Run a little slant in behind your stacked line and see how you like that one from uh, and see see how your cornerbacks like tackling 230 pounds of CP. This team's dangerous on offense, y'all. It's uh, it is. Ryan Adonis says the Packers could beat a lot of teams this year. Falcons played a tough, hard-fought game. Yeah, the Packers are going to be in it with the AFC North for a for the duration. They're they're going to be AFC North contenders to win that division this year. I, I I have no doubt in my mind. The Vikings, we thought they'd take a step back. They have the Lions take a step forward. They have that. They're one and one also. Um, who am I forgetting? And the Bears look like they haven't taken the step forward that we're expecting them to. Packers are going to be a, a legit contender <clears throat> in the AFC North. Justin Ritter showed me something, says Keith Brugman. You just may have something in Atlanta with the talent on that team. Um, they've hit on they've hit on those on those picks so far. There's been some really good ones. There's been some questionable ones, but the free agents so far have have just made such a big difference. And it, it makes a difference. They had one big ticket free agent, but Jesse Bates still wasn't a $25 million wide receiver or edge. They were able to put money into six new starters, and all six of them were huge upgrades. And then you got starters now playing second team, and it makes a difference. And then you get guys, speaking of who played well, like D. Alford, who comes back in, and, and he just plays his, plays like his job is on the line every play, and it probably is. Um. In my good, bad, and the ugly notes that I was keeping, one of the bad slash ugly was Trey Flowers. He he wasn't playing well in coverage. But you know what? I kept an eye on Jesse Bates and how he'd react. Okay, there's a completion over there. How did Jesse Bates react? Jesse Bates was still talking him up. Fourth quarter, they throw one over. Trey Flowers makes a play to, to, to break up a pass or in good coverage for an incomplete. And Jesse Bates is still just right there on him, keeping him up. Trey Flowers stepped up and made a play when he had to make a play, despite the fact that he struggled. Man, that's mental toughness. So good for Trey Flowers for bouncing back after a rough game. That doesn't mean I'm not looking forward to seeing Jeff Okuda back. That doesn't mean I might not rather see D. Alford out there. But when it mattered, Trey Flowers stepped up. Good for him. Um, and, and good for him. Uh, Jay Grimman, good to see you, my friend. He says, uh, good morning. These Falcons are 2-0 and and, Rudding, and Ritter is shutting up some critics. It's a great day. Uh, I posted at halftime and after the first series of the third quarter, I said Ritter has not done a lot so far to, uh, to quiet some of his critics, to quiet his critics. And he hadn't. That, that's a factual statement. Um, I wasn't critical of him, just saying, listen, he hasn't been playing very well. He hasn't. And then he had a great second half. And I retweeted that one and said, hey, it's, it's, the, the second half should help quiet some of them. Not all of them, man. Jay, you know that. Not all of them are going to be ready to say, okay, Desmond Ritter. I'm not ready to say Desmond Ritter's the guy for the next 10 years for the Atlanta Falcons. I want to see more. I, it's what we've been saying all along. We want to see more. I like what I've seen so far. Oh, and how about <laughs> uh, Arthur Smith got asked a question. What's it say about Desmond Ritter that he's gone all these starts without throwing interception and, and Arthur Smith cuts him off and says, don't jinx him. Two throws. <laughs> it took two throws. He gets hit, ball, ball, ball flies over the middle, interception. It took two throws after that question. 
Winston agrees with me. It's good to see you, Winston. Probably, like I said, it wasn't exactly a hot take. This is definitely the best win of the Smith era. It was a low bar, but definitely, for sure. Um, Maurice coming in. Good to see you, Maurice. He says, Ritter made some bad passes, but I chose uh, Atlanta over Green Bay all day. He did, and he's not going to be perfect. When you're under scrutiny like that, those bad passes get amplified more. See, I told you he couldn't play. He made some really good throws as well. Dave says, good morning, everyone. Good morning to you, Dave. Um, and Maurice checks in. He says, he was at the game. Thank you for being there and and, and raising hell. He says, I was at the game and we was lit. It, it sounded like it. Um, normally, and because it was a good game, I know I'm sure there were, I didn't get a lot of crowd shots, but I'm sure there are a lot of cheese heads there. A lot of Green Bay Packers fans. There are a ton of Packers fans in Atlanta. Any of those big NFC teams, even some of the AFC teams like the Steelers, uh, the Patriots, any of those big teams, they have a huge contingent of fans that have moved south because despite what the national media thinks, no one moves north. Everybody moves south and they keep their allegiances to their NFL teams. What was kind of cool about Atlanta United is nobody was an MLS fan. Oh, yeah, I grew up, you know, my dad was a huge New England Revolutions fan. No, no, no. When Atlanta United was here and started here, everybody that was a fan of soccer became a fan of Atlanta United. They didn't think, oh, the Philadelphia Union. Oh, lifelong Philadelphia Union fan. No, no, that didn't happen. So you'd go to an Atlanta United game and you wouldn't see a single jersey from another team. That was kind of nice. Um, Rusty comes in, and this I, I hit on this one because uh, this was kind of one of my concerns. And then I want to finish it with a positive. He says, I'd still like to see more of a pass rush. It doesn't feel like we are getting what we paid for so far. Um, Grady finally has help, I heard, over the summer. But what happened to Grady? Dude, Grady was awesome in this game. Grady, watch. Just watch Grady. Don't watch the final of every play. Jer uh, Grady Jarrett was awesome in this game. Um, he was taking on two blocks. He was lateral, side to side, chasing guys down. He had a chase down play 20 yards down the field. Uh, Grady Jarrett was phenomenal in this game. Um, and I noticed the rotation. You'd have the starters come in, Anyamata, Calais Campbell, Grady Jarrett. They played the first two series, and then the other guys started the second, uh, the third series. As soon as the Packers crossed midfield, they switched them back in again. So it wasn't just, you're going to get this series, you're going to get this series. It was kind of situational, too, when they needed those guys. And when they needed to bow up and stop the run, they could. But I, I don't have a single problem with how Grady Jarrett played. I thought he was fantastic uh, yesterday. What I don't know what his overall numbers were, but I know he was disruptive. Um, he finished the game with just three tackles uh, and hit the quarterback once, but he was, he was a force inside. Um, as I was watching this game, I was thinking, I was like, all right, I'm not sure that Arnold Ibiketti has taken that next step, that step to the next level. Uh, I thought he was pretty quiet for the most part. They used him in coverage some, where they would drop him off as a true outside linebacker and drop him off in a coverage. But we said at the beginning of the season, going through as you've got this depth now, that you should have fresher legs in the fourth quarter. And the pass rush should get better in the fourth quarter. It did. And Arnold Ebichetti came inside on a move in the fourth and put a hit on, I think it was the last series, put a hit on, on Jordan Love. And all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, there he is. That's what depth can do for you, even if you don't have the out-and-out -out talent. Um, but I agree with you that this team still really needs 
uh, an, an, a big time pass rusher. I'll say it probably every week. The next step for this team, when they have, if they have the avail- availability to put a significant uh, resources, whether it's a big draft pick or a big free agent into an edge, that's where they need to go. Uh, the Packers had six quarterback hits and they had only one sack. Uh, the Falcons hit the quarterback three times and they only had one sack. So they, um, I think that's three or four sacks on the year. So better, but still not, not overly good. Jordan loves a pretty good athlete, but they're going to face pretty good athletes. John Harrell says, I feel like Ritter grew up in the second half. Um, it was a good, it was just a good all around moment for them and the experience. He'll know he can be there crowd going crazy. Now go do that on the road. That might be the next step. Um, let me see. I wanted to, to say hello to some more folks coming in. Um, Joe Cannon says, how was a touchdown? Um, he says, uh, it, it should have been a touchdown, but technically they, they called it correctly. Um, Dave says, Scott, are you a tad concerned about the regression from Chris's pass blocking being that he played at an all pro level last season? Not yet. And I saw a lot of much better things from him this year. And maybe people are paying more attention to Chris Lindstrom and saying, okay, we need to try and attack him this way. So not, not really. Um, I thought the right side played very well in pass pro, Um, you know, not perfect, he hasn't been the automatic terminator at right card that he was all last season. Last season, you could actually watch. So why would I watch the offensive line? Just watch Chris Lindstrom play. He was that guy last year. Hadn't quite all come together yet, but when they need yards, they go right side. <laughs> when they need short yardage, they go right. Uh, McGarry and Lindstrom are still a pretty wicked pair off of right tackle. Um, and, and as Winston, you know, we're, we're, as we're saying here again, about the 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 Mac Holland thing, it was an awful call. It's an awful rule. It, it really is. It's it's a it's a stupid rule. The call ended up being correct. Um, let me see here. We're uh, let me scroll down some and some of the folks that have come in. I'm I'm going through. I'm going through uh, the chat a little bit. It's taken me a while to get to some of those things. So I appreciate everybody checking in. Um, Rusty asks, he says, do you think KP is fresh? Kyle Pitts is frustrated because of his lack of use. I know we'll never say it, but let's be real. He is not being used to his best skill set. Um, as soon as the, I think he will, the, we had this question last week too. The first play of the game goes to Drake London. Get him started. You know, get a, get a, get an open shot for your shooter. Get a nice, easy 15 footer for your shooter. Help get him going. Maybe get him to the free throw line. Old basketball an- analogy, I know. But Drake London got the first touch of the game. I have a feeling Kyle Pitts may be involved in the first two or three plays next week. Wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. Um, wouldn't surprise me a bit. Um, Bob uh, Gator says, why do, uh, why does everybody talk about Ritter's accuracy? I see bad throws every week from every quarterback in the league. Ritter is slowly getting his groove. Everybody seems to relax and give him some time. I think everybody's for the most part, pretty happy with Desmond Ritter. There's some folks out there. I mean, it's a, big world out there you know I've, I've got people calling me clown on my uh facebook page and twitter page all the time my scott kennedy sports page reached a million and a half people last week through different videos and stuff i posted they're not all gonna like me <laughs> so i think for the most part bob i think uh i i think ritter has been given a very fair shake from atlanta fans um 
Mr. Cleanup says Arthur Smith will begin to scheme him open. And he mentioned Kyle Pitts on that interception. Someone asked, you know, how do you say, how, how does Ritter bounce back for the interception when you say to him? He's like, well, he got hit. So Kyle Pitts was wide open. He was making the throw. So there was an intended target that didn't get through because of a pass rush. So we'll see as it all starts coming together. But if you look at this, if you look at this game, you look at the team, do you feel like the offense has played its best? No, I feel like there's so much more there. And again, there come tomorrow morning, they're going to be a top 10 scoring offense in the NFL. Last week, it had a lot to do with turnovers from Jesse Bates. Give him an assist on the offense. This week, it was because they, they went and diced up the Green Bay Packers. Uh, so it was a very good, very good showing. Um, other side of the ball, I thought A.J. Terrell played a good game. I thought Jesse Bates played a good game. Uh, Trey Flowers mentioned him already. Um, miss the athleticism of Troy Anderson. I, I feel that is that's a big miss there. Uh, Tyler Azier, I think, is fantastic. Uh, other than that, you know, I think we'll get more into some of the things as the team moves forward on Wednesday. So I want to hit a couple more questions, and we're going to get out of here um, in just a minute. As Jason says, in almost 500 total yards. Wow, really? I didn't actually look at the total number. Desmond Ritter went um, 237, 19 of 32 for 237 with a touchdown and interception. And a touchdown run and several first downs. Um, Bijan, 124 yards, 211. Man, you rush for 250 and you rush for 200. You don't turn the ball over too often. You should win some games. Um, Cody, we're gonna, we should get into this. Um, Cody says, I love Kyle Pitts, but we should trade him for a first rounder. He's still young, so I think we could get the capital back. You can call him picks. We don't have to call him capital. We can call him draft picks. They've been draft picks for a hundred years before all of a sudden people started calling it capital. Uh, that's kind of an inside joke on the show. I, I just hate that phrase draft capital. They're all picks, man. Uh, he's doing good as well. Ritter is underrated. Everyone that does know him thinks he's <laughs> everyone that does know him thinks he sucks, including our own fans. No, I disagree with that one. Cody good game all around. I was very pleased. I was very, very critical of the Kyle Pitts pick when it was made. Um, the article I wrote the next day was going into round two was Falcons cannot continue to ignore needs going into day two of the draft. That was just a way of taking a shot of they ignored all of their needs by drafting a tight end, a pass catcher. When you've got a 36 year old creaky quarterback, no offensive line and a defense, a Swiss cheese defense to go get a tight end didn't make any sense to me. We are now in year three of Kyle Pitts. And have we really untapped Kyle Pitts? Have we gotten the use out of that number four pick? You know, if you wanted to go wide receiver or, you know, I said quarterback at the time. So this would be a question. Think on this and then come hit me back with it either in the comments or let's talk about it on Wednesday. My picks at that at those times, if I didn't trade out of them for the last three years, would have been uh, in 2021, it would have been Justin Fields. I would have taken the quarterback because they're freaking expensive. In 2022, I would have taken um, – oh, God, now I've already forgotten his name. The, the safety from Atlanta who went up, who went to the Baltimore Ravens um, from Marist High School, Notre Dame safety. That's who I would have taken. He ended up being the number one ranked wide uh, safety by PFF. This year, I would have taken Jalen Carter at eight instead of Bajon Robinson. Would the Falcons be in a better place with those three picks as opposed to the three picks they made? Maybe. It's hard to beat 2-0, and oh, though, isn't it? Um, so, again, depending, I, I think you could absolutely get a first round pick for Kyle Pitts without a doubt. 
Um, you go through this whole season, he's sitting at five or 600 yards, three or four touchdowns. Someone offered you a first round pick for him. Let's say we want to replace Travis Kelsey. He's getting old and wants to retire. Send him to the Chiefs for a first round pick. I, I might listen. Um, I might listen on that one. And it was Kyle Hamilton. Thank you very much. Uh, and, and again, one of the reasons I was critical was, uh, was the Julio Jones. It hadn't come out publicly that he wanted to leave. Um, he says, uh, we got picks because Chris says, because the front office knew Julio Jones was gone. He was a 20 year old Julio Jones replacement. The problem is by the time he's going to end up being a, if he hits, he's going to end up being an 18 to $20 million guy. By the time you can really use him. Um, we're already three years through his rookie contract. This is his third year already. And we're still not using him. That's that becomes, you know, that becomes a question. You just, uh, really, you're not sure. And then as Joe Cannon says, no, we wouldn't be in a better spot because Fields is trash. I'd rather have Ritter at this point. But here's the thing. Taking Justin Fields at one wouldn't have necessarily precluded you from taking Desmond Ritter at three. So, and it's a, or, or would you have taken Ritter? The thing is, if you can hit on Desmond Ritter in the third round and get a franchise quarterback in the third round, that erases a lot of bad decisions. That is a freaking cheat code absolutely a cheat code in order to get a guy in a third round and be able to build around that guy look at what san francisco is going to be able to do financially and think of where they'd be if they hadn't made those three first round pick trades for uh for um trey lance uh it's a cheat code to get a guy on day two day three as a as a uh as a quarterback it doesn't happen very often in fact there's a six round pick out there that has a bunch of rings <laughs> that's part of it on that note i'm gonna get out of here um, we're gonna, I'm gonna hop over to Broncos for breakfast in just a minute. So my Broncos fans who came in to join us, I appreciate it. I'll see you over there in just a couple of minutes. Everybody leave me a comment, hit that like, and subscribe. I'm very good about hitting, especially on YouTube, about hitting the comments after the fact, love interacting with y'all. That's why I do this. That's why I've done this for years is for the conversation. I love it. Had a great conversation on Twix about that ridiculous rule uh i thought there were some good educational comments in there there were a couple trolls but we try and weed them out and uh appreciate everybody being here and we will be back on wednesday morning at nine o'clock we'll go for a full hour talking falcons football so thanks everybody for being here and we will see you next time